This is The Big Question, where we do our best to answer questions from young disciples at Grace Presbyterian Church and to be at peace with the mysteries that we can't explain. I'm Pastor Mark, your host, and in this episode we have questions from Susanna, Julian, Levi, Caleb J., and Caleb F. First, we'll tackle a few serious questions. Then we'll look at this episode's big question, and we'll wrap things up at the end with a few fun questions. Let's start with our serious questions. Our first question comes from Susanna. She asks, if we didn't sin, what would it be like? Would we need church? Susanna, to answer this question, we need to think about two things. First, what human beings are like without sin. And secondly, what church is actually for. So first, what are human beings like without sin? Well, we have two examples in scripture that we can look at and find out. Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall, that's one. And secondly, Jesus, who was fully human and gives us a picture of what humans in glory will be like. So, in the garden, Adam and Eve did the work that God had made for them, which was tending to creation. They were gardeners, after all. God gave them dominion over creation, which meant that their task was to promote the flourishing of the world around them. If we didn't sin, then human beings would be doing that same task as well. Also in the garden, Adam and Eve communed with God in the cool of the day. They had a face-to-face relationship with him. If we didn't sin, then human beings would be doing that too. Interestingly, this is exactly what we see in the life of Jesus. Jesus was sinless and human, and he spent his time promoting the flourishing of everything around him, calling the world and all the people in it to be what they were meant to be. And he spent many hours in prayer, communing with God. Think about it. Jesus didn't need anything from the Father. After all, he had the power to grant himself anything he wanted. And the number one reason that people like us pray is that we need something from God. If Jesus didn't, then why did he pray? Well, simply because he wanted to commune with God. Now, would human beings need church if they weren't sinners? Well, the answer is yes. Because the church is the body of Christ, the dwelling place of God with men. The purpose of church isn't just to save us from our sins. It is to restore us to communion with God, which is what we were made for. And now Julian asks a related question. Do you have to go to church to go to heaven? Julian, the early church fathers used to say, there is no salvation outside the church. And the Reformers agreed. What they meant, of course, is that there is no salvation apart from being incorporated into the body of Christ. There's no salvation by any other name than the name of Jesus. So the question is, can we distinguish between being part of the church and going to church? At first glance, you want to say, of course we can. The thief on the cross was promised by Jesus that he would be with him that day in paradise. But the thief didn't get off the cross and go attend a church service. He died and then went to heaven. But remember how I'm always saying that Christianity isn't just a belief system you agree with, it's a faith that you practice. Well, worshiping God together is the most important way we practice our faith. 
It's the thing that we'll still be doing in glory. Once faith is fulfilled and hope is accomplished, there will be nothing left but to love. The Apostle Paul warns us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together for worship, and we should listen to him. A person who says, I agree with the gospel, I just don't practice my faith, shouldn't feel confidence. That's what the Puritans used to call presumption. But what if you don't like going to church? What if it's not fun? Well, God often calls us to do difficult things for his sake, and this might be one of them for you. A better idea, though, would be to pray that the Spirit would teach you to love the things of God and to love worshiping Him together with the rest of His people. God often teaches us to love things by revealing to us how much we need them, even though we started off by thinking that we didn't. When I was a boy, my mother was a believer and my father wasn't. She used to make us go to church, and we begged to stay home and watch TV with my dad. Sometimes she had to drag us to church, and we didn't make it easy. Now I look back, and I'm grateful to her. And my dad is grateful to her too, because he's now a believer. So I always say, don't make it too hard on your parents when they take you to church, or you might end up like me, a pastor. Now it's time for the big question. Our big question this week comes from Levi. So let's give him a round of applause. (laughs) Levi asks, if we follow Jesus, are we guaranteed a difficult life here on earth? (laughs) Levi, I have to tell you a funny story about reading this question for the first time. I was at a Worldview Academy camp when I received the list of questions for the week, and I started reading them out loud to some of the people there, the other teachers. When I got to your question, Levi, they congratulated me, and they said I must be doing something right. Why? Because usually people in the church will ask, if I follow Jesus, am I guaranteed an easy life on earth? But you asked, am I guaranteed a hard one? Which means that I've driven home the point that none of us should expect an easy path by following Christ. However, having said that, that doesn't mean that you're guaranteed a difficult life for following Jesus. You are guaranteed a difficult life, but that's not the reason why. Life is difficult because of sin. In Genesis 3, the curse on human beings because of their sin included this fact that from now on, life would be hard. To continue the human race, women would have to have babies, but now there would be pain in labor. To feed those people, men would have to plant crops, but now the ground would fight them and the harvest would be hard. So, all human beings, whether they follow Jesus or not, are going to have difficulty in life. Some more than others, obviously. And because of sin, the amount of hardship won't even be fair. As the book of Ecclesiastes points out, people who deserve hardship will often avoid it. And people who deserve reward will often be punished instead. That injustice is part of sin. And all human beings experience that. This means that we should never say to ourselves, If I follow Jesus, it will be hard, so maybe I shouldn't follow him. The fact is, life will be hard regardless. Not in the same ways, maybe, 
not maybe for the same reasons, but it will be difficult. This is why in 1 Peter 3, the apostle tells us that it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. It's as if he's saying, you're going to suffer, there's no way out of that, but you should try to suffer for the right reason. Suffer because you're being obedient to God. Suffer because you're following Christ. Don't suffer just because you're a sinner. Don't suffer just because you deserve it. Earlier in that chapter, Peter says you should have unity of mind. You should have sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, he says, a humble mind. You should bless people who do evil to you instead of retaliating and doing evil to them. Doing all of this is how we follow Christ. We live a life patterned on his example. And if you suffer during that life, you should suffer for living the way that Jesus lived. And if you do, if you suffer for living as Jesus lived, then at least you'll be suffering for the right reason, the way that Jesus did. As we've seen in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus tells us that the path of discipleship is a hard path. It's a hard way. The easy road is the road that leads to destruction. But Jesus doesn't mean that if you don't follow him, then you're guaranteed that everything in life will be easy. And he doesn't mean that if you do follow him, then everything in life will be hard. I mean, you will suffer, but we all suffer in one way or another. As a believer, as one who follows Jesus, you will also enjoy great blessings. You will experience real joy, and you will be filled with wonderful hope that surpasses human understanding. Do you see what I mean? Even when you do suffer, when you suffer in Christ, even your hardships become a way to grow nearer to Christ. And in your hardships, Christ comforts you. Before we close, let's look at a few fun questions. First, Caleb J. asks, What is the point of writing a question when there is no big question podcast? Caleb, I can tell just by the tone of this question how much you have missed the big question during this break. And that really means a lot. But there's no need to be depressed, no need to ask such hopeless questions because the big question is back. And your question was included in the very first of the new episodes. That's the point of asking questions when there's no big question podcast, because the big question will always come back. And now Caleb F. wants to know, do babies sin less than adults? Well, Caleb, you know, it really depends on the baby. And also, I guess, on the adult as well. It's difficult to compare all babies to all adults, because you might have a really bad baby and a really good adult, or vice versa. But the main thing is that you realize something that a lot of people don't realize, which is that human beings, even babies, are sinners. We are born with a sinful nature, even though sentimentalists like to think that sweet little babies are perfectly innocent. Parents, if they're honest, can set you straight about that. Now, one thing you will notice as babies get older and become adults is that the way we sin changes. In babies, you see the instinct for sin, the way our natures have an innate selfishness. 
But in adults, you see how we sin despite our knowledge. Even when they know better, adults commit sin. Even when they try to reform themselves, even when they see the destruction that their sin causes, they still struggle to resist. I mean, at best they struggle, because a lot of times they don't even do that. So while I can't say anything about the volume of sin, comparing babies to adults, I think the kind or degree of sin gets worse as we get older. I guess you could say that the older we get, the better we are at sin, because we have so much experience and because we've learned to live with things that when we were children would have appalled us. The good news is, all our sin, no matter how great or how small, was carried by Jesus to the cross and paid for there so that we can be free of it. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to The Big Question. Remember, if we're going to find the answers, then we have to ask the questions. So never be afraid to ask and never be satisfied with easy answers. The truth will stand up to scrutiny. Until next time, keep asking the big questions.